0: You don't have to like everything we say. You don't have to listen to us. You have to know. You have to know. What? Y of Yankee, A of America. Well, truth versus fact is heavily influenced, in fact, probably solely controlled by you based on subjectivity or objectivity. And we don't even understand what those mean sometimes. And we argue to the death, not only about what they mean, but whether or not we're doing it. And we're always being objective, right? We're never being subjective, unless of course it's our kid, because they're perfect. Or in my case, my dog, because she is perfect. That's an objective reality, I think. That's kind of the arguments we make sometimes, and they're just silly and stupid. But today we're gonna look at subjective and objective specifically focusing on objective and facts, Understanding what facts truly are and what objectivity is, and you're gonna think, well, this is silly, I do that all the time. No, you don't. Because in the following episode, we'll talk about truth and subjectivity and put it together to understand how we should be reading the news and information, absorbing statements and things people made and looking at it differently. So let's start talking about facts and subjectivity. You wanna read the news the way an intel officer does, the way a human intelligence guy looks at reports, and information out there to understand things in the world like i do do you want to understand what a gray man really does on the intel side Do you want to know that we actually are very objective and not subjective as much as you might think because you disagree with what we're doing because that's what we do using some of the stuff i've learned from several intel analysts as close how have i learned and looked at things myself that's what we're talking about today starting with subjectivity and facts right here on gray man i didn't even think one of the biggest things people screw up in life and this will make sense by the time this whole little mini series is done is thinking that truth and lies are opposite in fact this movie as a kid I liked it was about spies and stuff but it was all you know it was Hollywood completely made up stuff it was with Arnold Schwarzenegger and it was called true lies but looking back on that now that's like the best statement true lies could there be a true lie there can be but truth and lies aren't opposites because Truth sometimes is a lie, and you'll come to learn that by the time this is over. Truth and lies, no. Facts and lies, though, those are opposites. See, one of the things I used to teach my students when I was working in Arizona was about subjective and objective terms and phrases. Because as generational changes come in and we had more and more millennials and transitioning as they got older into Generation C— it really became this an emotional cat dance that all went to shit eventually, but getting them to understand that they were very subjective and biased and getting them to learn words and phrases we don't use. In fact, we outlawed words at times they couldn't use. I did anyway. Things like belief and faith or idea. You know, we're like, those are subjective. They're subjective phrases. They're interpretable. They're not the same for everybody. Some people believe in God. Some people don't what we focused on were facts information that was solid and mattered because that's what we reported. That's what we report, what we collected, but the goal was facts and information that could give us a picture so that somebody could make a decision on what they want to do. It's actually such a simple format and program to follow. I don't know how it has never ended up in the business world. Like I see people all the time, even veterans. Of course, none of them were Intel guys. I did. Well, the Intel guys are doing it right that are, but the other guys, I'm like, Man, you should have went through some intel training, dude, because like, you should be begging for this. You're turning people down because you don't like what they have to say. You should be listening to the information they're reporting to you and then learn how to analyze it and look at it. Figure out if it's good or not. It's like surveys. How many people even care about surveys? That's why I hate the VA. They send me these loaded surveys that don't give you opportunities to really write anything in. They definitely will contact you if you put a phone number in there if you put anything negative. They'll contact you for a more formal reply if you jerk them off in your statements, but they don't care. So we're going to learn to care here, and we're going to start by looking at things such as fact and being objective, and what we're what we're trying to do. You're going to say this is what you're doing. You're probably not. What I'm going to teach you today is what we should be doing. What we're going to try and focus more do. Even if you believe you're doing this, you're going to work harder. I want you to redouble your efforts, and then redouble them every time after that until your brain is exhausted. Which, if you're doing it consistently without anything but a coffee and pee break, should take you all day. 15, 16 hours. If you can't last that long, well, you got a lot of work ahead. Now, let's take a look at fact. You, I don't care what dictionary you pull up. They're going to come up with some different stuff. If you're trying to argue this with me or figure out what it really means, you're not You're not looking at this the right way. Okay, Facts are very simple. Facts are individual pieces of information. They're not stories. They're a thing. They're just one simple thing. They can be... Objectively verified and proven, they're what we would call concrete evidence. That's what a fact is. There are things that are considered empirical statements that can be observed, they can be measured or demonstrated. For example, the Earth orbits around the sun. That's an a fact. A factual statement can be confirmed through astronomical observations. In that example, something that can be confirmed. It's a singular piece of information. It's evidence. Things that would matter in court. You know, I'm a guy. That's a fact. I'm 6'4". That's a fact. I have the world's best dog. That's the truth. It's not a fact. I drive a Dodge Ram. That's a fact. I'm recording this on a Tuesday. That's a fact. I have the best podcast ever. For me, that's the truth. (laughs) Saying that it's Okay, to be gay is the truth. No science has proven that to be fact, and I don't think it really matters if it is. Saying some people are gay is fact because that can be observed and measured. Just like we can say some people are Christians, that's the truth. You know, or that's a fact. We can measure that. You know, Christianity is the correct religion. That's a truth. It's not a fact. It can't be measured. It's an opinion. We're not dealing with opinions here, we're dealing with facts, objectivity. Now we need to understand why it's hard. I mean, we pretend it's not, but it, it's hard for a lot of people. All's being objective really means is that you're maintaining. Like look that word up and make sure you understand it, maintaining, not creating, not choosing, you're maintaining an unbiased viewpoint. So when you go into to read the news and you're like, I'm going into this objectively and unbiased, so take that made up article I had in the last episode about the police officer gets shot and perhaps they're hitting at gun control. We already have a bias and an opinion and a viewpoint on there. We might even think it's fact and that it's right or that it's true, but we're ignoring that going into it. That sounds objective, but you need to maintain that through this entire process of evaluating that subject. Whether you're only looking at that article and the two I said were in there were links or you choose to spend six hours, six days, six weeks or six months digging into it, maintaining objectivity. Because if you don't, you're not being objective. Focusing on the word fact, we're looking for fact-based material. We're looking for any conclusion or decision that's observable. Quantifiable means measurable. We're not looking at personal feelings, opinions, or beliefs. And the fact is, let's take the same argument. Pick any so anything you believe in. Ford's better than Chevy, I don't care what it is. The first thing you should be doing after format is going through and picking out facts. And looking them up to see if they actually are measurable, observable facts, not opinions, beliefs, statements, or things that you may or may not believe to be true. To order to do that, one thing you may need to do to consider to train yourself, which I've had people do in the past, is write down everything you believe to be true about it. And I would watch them write it. I didn't care what they wrote. But then I'd stop them. I'd go, no, don't write that. That's a fact. That's something that's measurable and observable. Keep that out there. I only want you to write down your truth. Don't write down the facts. And I'd have them create a list. Maybe you need to do that. I had them use two different notepads. One was called fact, one was called truth. I'd have them look up stuff in the article. Okay? It says that there's this many shootings of police officers in a year. Write that down. That's a fact. Now, we need to research that fact to make sure that it's correct and accurate or at least find out where they got it. Perhaps maybe there's different reporting numbers, but it appears to be a fact. And they say, well, and these types of shootings are on the rise. That wouldn't go in the fact box. That would go in the truth one. We still need to look it up later to determine if is there measurable quantifiable evidence showing that it's on the rise or is it only on the rise in Arizona? Because let's say in this article it is on the rise in Arizona, but it was on the drop nationwide. It would leave it in truth. You know why? Because by just making the general statement that it's on the rise and not identifying where, they're trying to lead you to believe to this truth that it's on the rise everywhere. So based on how they presented it, we put it in the truth column, even though we can determine its fact, but they didn't choose to isolate the state. So you have to drill down that deep on it. The other thing you got to do is be impartial, meaning you're avoiding, (laughs) it's so funny. The first one I mentioned is, it's kind of the basis of the whole thing, the unbiased viewpoint, just maintaining it. But this one is the one thing that plagues us most in this country, no matter who you are. And it's huge because of social media, which has only been around for a little over 20 years. We can't base our conclusions or decisions On favoritism or discrimination meaning we're going to treat everybody and their ideas fairly and equally oh they say that in big politics but they don't do it all the gaslighting out there you know all the political this is and that's you know racism was a thing then we got rid of slavery it was still around fast forward to today now racism is a thing again i'm not saying it wasn't always there but there's actually people that are against racism that think they're owed money for it that are racist themselves because of opinions and beliefs and feelings. Just using that as one example. None of that matters. That's why you're being impartial. No feelings, no opinions, no beliefs. You're going to treat all ideas fairly and equally. That's why it goes back to the last one when I said if you're choosing this news agency and you need to pick them all, don't just pick the ones you like. In fact, start with the ones you don't. And if you do this correctly, if you're doing what I'm saying and really putting an effort into it, that's going to help you more than anything you go into. it, And say so you go into CNN. Let's say you already have an idea about them. You've already decided whether or not they should be listened to. You've already decided you have them as a favorite or you have them as a, they're not a favorite. Doesn't matter. Like I said, we're going to treat everything individually, which means we have to stay neutral. You can't let your personal involvement get in the situation. If you're starting to get emotional or upset at all, you're not even prepared for this. And I don't even know why you listen to me when it comes to this subject. And you should just wait till we're over this series and get back into, you know, some more spy tradecraft stuff. Because <laughs> you got to get that under control. Remaining neutral is you can't get emotional. You can't let your feelings, or your personal interests get involved. When people start putting that in their writing, and you may find that in the writing. You may find that in this article or some blogger that pretends they're writing the news and go, oh, there's a lot of personal feeling and emotional. Good. You identified it. it. Tells you a lot about them. Perhaps they could do better if they didn't have it. Perhaps they need to listen to this episode. But the fact that you're able to identify that is better for you because that means you probably aren't being that way, at least at that moment. What this comes down to is all those pieces we're looking at and all the other articles we're going into, all the other information we're gathering, we're approaching them with those same simple steps of looking at fact-based information, being impartial and being neutral. So that over time, as we absorb this information, where I might read 30, 40 things in a couple hours, and perhaps you read 30, 40 things in a couple hours or two or three days, to where you start to build a picture on this subject, this information, you start to change a little bit of your points, some of them you don't, and it evolves. But it's because what you're doing now is we're transitioning away. We're getting away from, because we're identifying how easy it is and how much we base things on feelings, opinions, and beliefs. And through this process of being impartial and neutral, not we're not only were a lot more calm, we're not reaching that emotional point of failure, is we're making choices based on evidence, data, and reasoning, not personal experiences. It's called evidence-based decision-making. And here's the thing, it's evidence-based. The reason this is important is things change. I, I understand people's minds change. And there's no fair judgment on a timeline for politics, but in politics, one of the things we do in the United States. Oh, goody. I am positive. You can hear that airplane. They were not supposed to be flying. One of the things we do is we look at a politician, typically a president or a speaker of the house, one of the big ones, and they make a political statement, opinion, something they believe. And they go back and they do that like today 2023 and in 1996 you know because right now it'd be like joe biden in 1996 joe biden said this like, all right dude that was like 20 what seven years ago give it a rest reasonably your mind could change a lot of things in 27 years doesn't mean it is or isn't politics but that's reasonable if he said it 27 days ago actually reasonably his mind could change too but we Kind of want more evidence that don't we but it's funny we don't care we don't believe there's evidence if we disagree (laughs) which is weird that we do that because we're not doing evidence-based decision-making but time does change things look at history we knew the earth was flat based on the evidence how we understood it in science at the time we knew the sun orbited around the earth and then turned out the earth was round and it turned out all the planets orbit around the sun You know, all think about all the things you learn in history and mythology and sciences that we knew. You know, I I've watched a lot of documentaries and read stuff on like the pyramids of Egypt. I I find the theories about it uh, just fascinating and fun. And I call them theories because I'm not a scientist, and everybody has different opinions on this and different thoughts. And some of those have changed over time. You know, there's different ideas. Were they built by? The Egyptians, did the Egyptians find them sometimes later? Was there floodwaters that came through there because of like the younger Dryas and something else? Was it a power plant? That whole thing on why it was possibly a power plant and the information they found inside, I think is fascinating. I don't know if any of it's right, but things have changed because of archeology span based on, um, you know, like I was reading this, like human life's For I was reading this book. My, my mom bought me this book for Christmas. I love it, this series of books. It was all this stuff on history and I was reading in there about something like five, types of humanoids that existed that we have evidence of whenever this book was written, which wasn't very long ago. And then there's another book I'm going to get. And it was oh, something about sapiens in the name, but apparently there's like six types of humanoids talking about how the homo sapien came out on top, you know, cause you have like Neanderthal was another one. And then like Cro-Magnon man was another one. Apparently there was one like in East Asia of people. They're like people like human like, but they had like probably bird feathers or something. I don't know. I can't remember. I don't have the book with me. It's too nice. And I didn't want to, travel with it but it's amazing the things we know that change over time that is to say that facts update you know regardless of your opinion of everything involving the coronavirus and science one of the things we know if you really looked at it is the science did change because of discoveries you know how many variants do you think there are i know people think there's four some people that are 10 or 12 if you do a little reading you find out the number is I would say quite a bit larger, but the science changed based on what it is. How it was it getting about? What were we going to do for this reason? Politics were heavily involved too, but things did change and update. I mean, look at diet and exercise. Those facts change. What we believe is science. In fact, a lot of it was marketing and advertising, but I remember Fenfen being on the market. That almost killed my mom. All those different diet drugs that were out there and what they were used for and people misusing them, not drinking enough water and probably shouldn't have been taken in the first place. You know, Mediterranean diet, all oh, that's good for you. Being vegan's good. Being vegetarian's good. Being a carnivore is good. Eating once a day is good. Eating once every hour, 12 times a day is good. Facts and information out there supporting all of them. Some of them change. Some of them are fads. But there's science based on some of it. But the point is to say that facts do change. So even if you truly were basing everything on fact, which is, I'm pretty sure, impossible, your results would change based on information. It happens in the intel world all the time. We go interrogate Bob the terrorist, right? I would go in and interrogate. One of my guys would go and interrogate, and they would tell us about something new, something that's happened before, but it's new in this area. There's going to be these guys. They're going to plant a bomb on a road over here that's never happened before. They're from this new organization, and that's what's going to happen. That's all we have to work with. But maybe over time, if they're not completely wiped out, we get more information from more people and build a better picture. We find out that the bombs aren't built on the side of the road. They're actually built in the middle of the road. People always say roadside bombs, but they don't realize a lot of the IDs were in the middle of the road. And they say, well, they are thinking about doing this, so we think we're doing about old airplane bombs, so that's what we're looking for. But then come find out they're actually doing HME, homemade explosives, but they're taking parts from a bomb, but they don't have explosives in the bomb. They're using electrical components. The facts change. The truth changes; The story changes. Fact can change without the truth changing. Truth can change without the facts changing. It's a fun little thing. So just remember that as you're looking for facts, things update and change. Part of the reason why I chose a new story, it would be breaking news about a police officer getting shot is Bob the bad guy shot the guy at this time on I-17, he's in the hospital. The next day there could be more information. Here's what we know about the guy. Here's what's going to happen. We have more information on the vehicle. Somebody spotted it over here. This is what we're looking for. We've met with these people. Here's some other people. The facts change and update. That doesn't make the goals in the end state necessarily change. One of the things I mentioned in the first episode of the goal of evaluating our sources consistency. So don't confuse that with what I'm going to say now about consistency. It's your consistency. What you're trying to do is apply consistency to every situation when you read the news, right? And this can be watching the news, whatever. I'm just saying read the news because that was the class was called how to read the news where you're taking the same standards and rules and you're applying them to all situations, all people, all the time with no external influence on your judgment. Now, if you can't take something, let's say most of you're going to look at politics in the United States anyway. So let's say you pick up something as a political subject. First thing you're going to do is you're going to look for stuff that supports what you're doing. So I don't want you to do that. But you know what? Go ahead. If you can't stop yourself, then do that. So you have a position on this hotbed topic in the United States and that's what you're going to go look for. That's fine. I want you to think about how you feel when you're doing it, everything you're looking for when you're doing it, the thoughts you're doing it, even write them down like it's a recipe book for how you're going to look for news that you like. And then you're going to turn around and find things that say the exact opposite you don't like, but you're going to apply the format and thought process you followed the first time. You're going to force yourself to be impartial. And if you can't do that, then you need to figure out which ones of those things you need to take away. And the ones you need to take away, you need to go back to the supportive articles and not use those. That's how you're going to have to force yourself to do it. Or you got to have a coach. So what we're doing here is we're taking an analytical approach. We're actively using critical thinking and analytical skills to evaluate these facts, these arguments, these statements, these pieces of data, instead of relying on emotional or personal responses. And the whole point is to do it through... The one handicap we all have is we have to do a lack of bias, which is why I've said even back in the first season when you're looking at things, building intelligence networks and assessing and analyzing information, write down your own biases. Because here's the thing. When I told you about having the two notebooks or the two pads of paper, write down truth and fact, truth you can find in the article. Okay. Do the same thing with you. Take that same hotbed subject you're looking at. There's truth and there's fact in there. Remember what facts are. We can measure those right quantifiable data that type of stuff everything else is probably a truth so write those down for yourself how do those fall in one of the things you're going to find out is that your fact list is going to be a lot shorter most of the time you might even get upset or emotional right in the truth list and then all you really did was identify your biases the things you have biases about and those need to go away when you're looking into that subject or you need to not look into that subject at all because biases are huge and they're probably the most detriment to everything that we do you really have to do this if you're serious about it, because if you're not, all you're doing is believing lies, even telling yourself lies or creating lies in yourself, even though they're unintentional, because the thing is, lies are only ever one of two things that people believe them for only one of two things. They're either afraid they're true or they want them to be. That's all it ever is. Yeah. Maybe it could turn out that they're correct but until they've actually done that analytical look at it, they don't know. They're just afraid they're true or they want them to be. You know, this is why some of the biases you want to look out for are cherry picking data. This is why I said, say, in that article, there's a couple of links and you open one of them up and the headline or maybe the statement sounds like it supports the general idea or maybe that sentence. But when you go through that whole article following the format, like you did the first one, you find out that, yeah, if you cherry pick that one piece, it sounds like it supports it. But when you really read the whole thing in context, like, it doesn't actually support at all that was chosen through a bias not realizing they were cherry-picking the data that's one of the most common things with writers today one of the more common things we say we usually see them more in verbal discussions but are in writing is taking things out of context where sometimes you see statements and they'll, they'll put it in quotes and then they will have a few dots because the quote was longer they only needed that part you should still look that up because that might be out of context but actually most of the time it seems like they're not but then other times they do like they take the full context of a paragraph or a discussion away and they only pick the one thing and take it out of context so going back to that same example they pulled up the link you see they were cherry picking data that's also because in that example at the same time they were taking it out of context they weren't using the full context of that article had they done it they would have identified they would be cherry picking they would have never used it in the first place so it's not uncommon for two or more biases to be used at the same time one of the things that happens in verbal discussions usually with other people but can't happen in articles is where people try to highlight kind of minor facts and information that are usually generally irrelevant they don't matter as much they act like they're central to the argument or distract from the main issue it's kind of like i mentioned having the discussion about what is it talking about ukraine or israel or whatever and in the article they were like well i think this and i'm like well here's why i don't here's why i think this and they go oh, well i just don't know and i was like i said there i was like yeah motherfucker you don't know well the point from that is because at best they're not really conceding that they won't learn anything but more often than not we don't see that what we see is say politics biggest argument in politics in this country all oh, the Democrats do this worse the Republicans do this more And if you can have the right argument with somebody you can show them like they both they both do it and like yeah but these guys do it more like they're picking their opposing side well they do it more it's like you've already proven you don't have quantifiable data or facts to have this discussion why in God's name after I provided that information to you to show it's pretty fast pretty even across the board, you would try to drill down farther without any quantifiable information and say they do it more. You can't prove that. And you can't, because if you could, that would mean at least 50% of the country's wrong when they say it. And that's part of emphasizing a minor point. Oh, well, they do it more. It's like, it doesn't matter. It wouldn't even matter if they did. If the other team did it more, it wouldn't matter because your team's still doing it. What you're doing is saying it's okay for your guys to do the bad thing, because these other guys do more bad things. And in most households in this country, we would not consider that moral or ethical. Other things that happen too, especially in poorly researched stuff, is you will see broad generalization or vagueness or vaguely specific and not used to protect people like they do in intel reports because they don't have the information or they're avoiding the facts and data. Most regular people just don't have the information. But a lot of times when I see people that would call themselves political commentators or, you know, that like they have the platforms on news agencies and stuff, A lot of them are ignoring things that favor their argument. They're only choosing to you the ones who present the argument, much like, say, a cop would in that situation I told you in the podcast where he convinced the guy to come in over $20, whereas that is the cop's job, even though we don't like it. For the commentator, he's popular, and I, I don't think those guys are really trying to sway anybody's opinions. It's part of the news cycle. They know who their customers are. They're mainly doing that because it appeals to their customers. Their customers don't want to hear that little bit of information that contradicts, so they don't do it. And by doing so, they not only cater to their customers and keep making that money, they're just being generally vague. It's not unlike seeing those misleading comparisons where people try to act like uh, comparison's valid when it's completely distorted or it's a different scale of relevance. You know, it's uh, some of them are hard to identify if you don't understand the subject matter. There's people right now trying to compare, uh, say, the U.S. involvement in Ukraine with the U.S. involvement in uh, Israel. It's like, no, those are um, misleading comparisons. Completely different theaters by definition, different sets of politics, different things going on. We'd like to pretend that they're not because typically the people that will say they're not are arguing against what the country's doing. Or what the president's doing whoever it is but they are misleading comparisons they, they shouldn't be compared at all i mean other things too are like you know people use loaded language where they just use way too many adjectives because adjectives are actually subjective we'll get into that later but they uh use emotionally charged or language that's going to sway the audience's perception i mean it really kind of started out back in the day we talked about the used car salesman and the guy kicking the tires that's what they try to do best salesmen in the world are on these uh, major news outlets and some are on social media and then the other things too are like appealing to fear emotion some people call it fear porn or I call them fear mongers sometimes lost in their own emotional point of failure and they use that to sway people people decided somebody's a good source of info I used to see it on YouTube all the time with these guys I'd talk to or they would be around different stuff they'd introduce me to and somebody would just be feared they'd be in fear could could get themselves under control had no idea what they're talking about people decided they were a truthful person They should listen to although there was no evidence supporting that whatsoever And then they would get sucked into that fear, too, and we create this just negative thing And then when the bad things didn't happen They'd get mad at me because they didn't happen and then they would ignore having any further discussion and then later on pretend like They were never on that bandwagon. I saw people do that. I see people do that all the day all the time today happens everywhere So what's really the point of this? We're looking for facts more than anything. We want that measurable data. So as you're sifting through this information, go back and write down everything I said because taking notes is good, especially if you're really trying to do this. Identify the things that are facts, that are measurable, that are quantifiable. They're individual pieces of information. Facts don't tell a story by themselves. It takes a collection of facts to tell a story. And figure out what those are and then research them are they in fact facts are they correct or are there something from a study so like in that made up article i had this many shootings of this type happen all the time okay look that up it doesn't mean they lied if you find a contradictory piece of information there's probably more than one place that researches and reports that data and by probably i mean there absolutely is (laughs) i know that for sure States do them, federal agencies do them, all kinds of people do them, private organizations do them, lobbying groups do them. You can find lots of them. And then find out by reading those, where did they get their data from? Did they do it like a poll and just do a couple thousand shootings? Or did they do all reported data through, say, the FBI or through state police forums? How did they come up with those numbers? That's part of the reason why I said truth doesn't have to be fact and can also sound like a lie because you might find out there's, say, 10. There's more than 10, but let's say you only find 10 reporting on something like that it has to do with shootings in, say 2023 2021 is probably the most recent and you find out there's all these different numbers but then when you drill down and find out how they did them all they all used real information they just didn't use the same information guess what they're all telling the truth but they're all different how's that work it's because they use different facts and they didn't use like alternative facts like Kellyanne Conway tried pulling no they all used actual facts they just didn't use the same ones and used them differently. Sure, you could probably put them all together and pull it as an average, but it doesn't mean they're all researched equally. So then you start asking yourself, well, how do we even get a real number? Because sometimes, if you're at that point, you've drilled down pretty far. So take a look at that, how you're looking at that information, go through and look at those. And then the next episode we'll move on to subjective information and truth, what truth really is because you actually know there's two types of truth out there. There really is. You use it all the time and we need to understand what those are so that we can use them correctly and then avoid their use as much as possible. Stick with facts and build that picture, making an evidence-based evaluated assessment on the news presented to us. We can move in the truth later when we start promoting our own stuff, creating our own information. And most importantly, the hardest thing is to admit to ourselves our own biases, but it'll be easier if you're just doing this on your own. If you're doing it on your own at your desk and nobody else is involved or knows what you're doing, it will be a lot easier to be truthful and honest with yourself, especially if you're in a good place in life right when you're trying to do it. And when you start to truly understand that, you know, being afraid things are true or wanting to be true is typically why we get sucked into lies through our own biases.